greetings to each and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I hope that you are gathering here uh, to worship. I am Reverend Dr. Lydia Waters, Senior Pastor of Pacoima First United Methodist Church in Pacoima, California. And oh my goodness, we are so happy that you have joined our worship. So we're gonna gather together and you're gonna you're going to clear up everything. Oh, Lord, give it to God so that you can be open to hear a word from the Lord. So get your Bible. Put a smile on your face. And we're going to begin with a song of praise to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The words will appear, and I want you to join in with our minister of music, Sister Hope Carr, accompanied by her husband, Brother Darnell Carr. Let us sing praises to the Lord our God, because you know what happens when praises go up, blessings come down. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. lesson is found today in the letter of Paul to the Romans. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 2. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 2. And listen now, listen to the word of the Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The word of God for the people of God. Oh, thanks be to God. And now, won't you pray with and for me? Oh God, as I come, Symbolically knee-bowed and body-bent before thy throne of grace. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in 
In Jesus' name, I pray it. Our sermon topic for today is the privilege of being a Christian. The privilege of being a Christian. Now, some of you might remember this. You remember when American Express, in one of its older commercials, used to say, membership has its privileges. Well, that's fine when it comes to looking for a credit card. Oh, but when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to where we will spend eternity, oh, I've learned and I know that being a Christian has its privileges. Beloved Pastor Paul, in our scripture lesson today, is showing us the reward that comes with being a Christian because to be a real bona fide Christian, we must be one, we must be in a relationship with Christ. Two, we must deny our flesh. And three, we must walk in the Holy Spirit. And so let those who have ears listen today. First of all, in order for you to tell if you have a relationship with the Lord is to go through verse one of our scripture. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, number one, you must be in Christ Jesus. Oh, beloved, I think that the greatest mistake that many pastors have made is that in our invitations for discipleship, because we invite the unchurched to come to Jesus, and then we wrap that statement around telling them to join our local church instead of joining the body of Christ, which means becoming a Christian. And therefore, many of the unchurched do not see the word Christian as the source of walking day by day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They simply view a Christian as a person who is joining a place to go once a week and when they do that, it qualifies them as a Christian. Oh, oh but that, 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 my dearly beloved, is, is not true at all. You see, this might work in certain social activities that you're involved in. But when it comes to salvation in Jesus, Jesus reminds us in John chapter 15, verse 5. He says, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. He or she that abides in me and I in them. The same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can't do nothing. So the very first thing the new member must know is that if they accept Jesus as their personal savior, their sins will be forgiven. And there will be no condemnation or judgment on them who are in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a word. Go make disciples. However, however, my beloved, from the evidence seen in many of our churches, this principle has not been taught. Oh, I know I'm telling the truth. We've been taught, and rightly so, yes, to pay our tithes and give our offerings, to join certain ministries, and to tell someone about our church. But when it comes to abiding in Jesus, that's not emphasized enough. Because being a Christian calls for us to change the way we are and become what we need to be. And that's like to be like Jesus. 
Oh, won't you please hear me today? The most important thing about becoming a Christian is that we submit ourselves fully to a relationship with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I hear amen? Let me confess this. One of the most bothersome things I have experienced in the denomination I serve in is this obsession with the relationship between lay and clergy. Oh, they like to talk about the priesthood of all believers. Uh, and they say that means that everybody is a minister or a preacher. Uh, but the meaning of that phrase, the priesthood of all believers, doesn't mean that. It means that as a Christian, we do not need a priest to go before God on our behalf. We can go directly before God ourselves. And this kind of mindset, that lay and clergy are the same, it's just ridiculous. You know, I've been both, and I know that being equal does not mean being the same. This kind of mindset diminishes the role of pastoral leadership. And that focus is not only harmful, but it is trivial, distracting, and out of order. Somebody needs to say amen because the relationship between lay and clergy ought to be the natural relationship between a leader and followers. You know, a doctor and a patient, a mother and a child. The most important relationship in the Christian faith is the relationship between human beings and God. And if we seek and nurture that relationship, all of the things will work out. We have people coming to church today to see each other. Oh, God forgive us. When people join the church through social media, don't you know that's what we're here to do? They should be assured that when they confess with their mouths, Jesus is Lord. And they believe in their hearts that God raised him from the dead. They will be saved. Go and make disciples. Saved to be in a relationship with Jesus. That's what we need to be talking about, church. That's the exciting part. Wow. They should be assured that Jesus has come into their lives. And that means that the most wonderful thing in life has happened between them and God. It means that we who believe in Jesus are no longer condemned. We as a believer are no longer doomed and damned, but we are freed from the penalty and condemnation of sin. Glory to God. We are not judged as a sinner anymore, but delivered from the condemnation of death and hell. We're not judged to be unrighteous anymore, but counted to be righteous which means to be in right standing with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now that's something to shout about. Yes, it is. Because it, makes, it means it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be a Christian. And it simply means this. The person who is in relationship with Jesus is safe and secure from condemnation now and forevermore. Oh, but in order to have this freedom from sin, we must be in relationship with Jesus. Because that relationship 
has privileges. And secondly, being a Christian means we must learn to deny our flesh. Verse 1b says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Huh, child of God, one of the biggest battles that Christians face is the battle that we have with our own flesh. That's why we say we like little churches. Because we want a little intimate thing. Now, if you are a self-righteous person, this does not apply to you, boo. But but for the rest of us, it's a struggle. Our struggle might not be things like committing adultery or fornicating. We might not gamble or take on uh, the late night life. We may never cheat, smoke, use drugs, or play the lotto. (laughs) But I found the battle between our flesh and our spirit is just as intense. Remember, Jesus himself had a spiritual battle with his flesh in Matthew chapter 4. That was the chapter, you remember, when Jesus had fasted 40 days in the wilderness. And verse 2 said that afterward he was hungry. That's when the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, then you command that these stones be made bread. Now keep in mind that Jesus is the Son of God. And he could have turned those stones into bread. But he was not going to allow his flesh to dictate to him what he needed. So Jesus said to the devil, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. You see, beloved, Jesus had the power to put his flesh under subjection. And we too must learn to follow Jesus' lead and learn to put our flesh in its place. Help me, Jesus, today. Now, we might not have battles with the things that that you might consider to be big sins, but sin is sin. Uh, But do you have a problem of being obedient to Jesus' command? Do you go make disciples for Jesus Christ? Is there a problem with being mean and mean-spirited? Do you still talk about people who do not see things the way you do? Are you still making excuses about why you cannot make it to a worship video? If so, then you are just like the rest of us struggling with your flesh. (sighs) How? Oh, but there's some good news now. There's some good news. If you walk with Jesus, he will conquer the problems of your flesh. Now, note this. Note this critical point. Only the believer who is in Christ Jesus will not be condemned. Now, all non-believers will face condemnation for sin. A genuine Christian is a person who does not walk after the flesh. Somebody say amen. Finally, and in summary thus far, let us note in order to have this freedom from sin, we must be in relationship with Christ Jesus and we must learn to deny the flesh. But also, we need to, three, learn to walk in the Spirit. Verse 1c says, There is therefore now. No condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 24, he said, God is spirit, 
And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, my beloved, another problem uh, that I find happening with Christians today is that many who attend church or watch on social media do not come to worship in the spirit of worship. They come, even to this podcast, weighed down with the cares of this world and the problems that we might have created ourselves. And when we get to worship, our hearts are not in the spirit of worship, but in the spirit of dealing with what we came with. Mm, somebody need to, need to help me up in here. That's why some find it hard to raise a hand in praise. You all wrapped up in yourself. Or to encourage the preacher in her preaching. Because they are preoccupied with the cares of the world. Some people don't even like the word. I praise the Lord that I have an amen corner watching this video. Yes, I do. They have come to worship in spirit and in truth. Oh, child of God, know this. When you walk in the Holy Spirit, the troubles of this world will still be there. But you'll learn to cast all your cares upon the one who's able to do all things well. So bring your burdens to the Lord and just leave them with him. You, you, you see, we are like the man who got a train. You know, there's a story about a man on a train with some heavy luggage. And when he got on the train, he kept his luggage in his hands. And, and when the conductor asked him, why are you holding that heavy luggage? Well, the man replied, because it's better to carry it. Because he thought his luggage was too heavy for the train. This is sad. That only makes sense. You see, this man failed to realize that the train was carrying the luggage and him too and was able to do it. Likewise, likewise. If you cast your cares upon the Lord who's able, he will bear them up for you. And there would be, would be no need for you to carry them all by yourself. Oh, but we must learn to walk in the Spirit. There is no other way. God is Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. Beloved, to worship in the Holy Spirit means to worship with all of your heart, all of your soul. All of your strength, not allowing the struggles and things in your life distract you from worshiping God. Don't allow distractions to stop you from receiving your blessings, even at this very moment. Worshiping in the Spirit also means that you and the Lord will commune as one and the things that trouble you will cease from troubling. Worshiping in the Spirit of God will take you to a place of joy and peace that only God can provide. Let him do it. Let him do it. However now, if you walk in the spirit, that does not mean that you are better than anyone else. Come on now, church. That's why you want to close your doors. It means that you're walking in the privilege that the Lord has given to you. You ought to be humble. And what God has given for you, he will do for somebody else if you bring them in. Well, well, before I leave you, before I leave you, I want to encourage someone. The Bible says there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Oh, Charlie, God, that means that no devil on earth 
can accuse you of what you used to do or be when you joined the church. If unsaved people bring up your past, you just tell them. You say, that might be true. <laughs> but I've been redeemed, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost by the precious blood of the Lamb of God. And I am no longer condemned. Hallelujah. I'm free. I'm saved by the power of God. I'm changed by the indwelling Holy Spirit. I'm healed by the stripes of my Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I am a privileged child of God now. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And so listen, listen, child of God. When we are in a relationship with Jesus, we can sing with the songwriter. How can I say thanks for all of the things that you've done for me? Things so undeserved that you even died to prove your love for me. And Lord, the voices of a million angels cannot express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, oh, it all to Or we could sing, never would have made it. Never would have made it. Without you, Lord. Without you. Also, put a smile on your face. Today, no matter what's going on in your life, put a smile on your face. Join the church and be a new creation in Christ Jesus and walk in the anointing of God. Because you are a Christian. If you're not become one, that's the mission of the church. Oh.
beloved, my beloved, I pray that this word from the Lord has blessed you. And so I now open the doors of the church and I invite you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because it's time to be obedient to our God, our creator. Today, he created us for him, for himself. So put your name on the church roll and give your tithes and your offerings and share your gifts and talents to God's church. And by being a member of the church, you will be equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to then go yourself and make disciples for Jesus Christ. And so now I just invite you to go to our, our website where you will, you will see the form to join and the form to give. And also, I hope that you'll just say amen to this service by hitting the thumbs up button and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. And remember, spread the word of God by sharing this video. And now to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Uh...